This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything impacting your career. I'm Tom Hudson, your guest host, and today we celebrate the 100th episode of Jazzed About Work. To honor this special event, your usual host, Beverly Jones, and I review some of the topics from past episodes, but more importantly, we preview what is to come in 2021. Bev and I also delve into career transitions during the pandemic and what's helpful in getting through these troubled times. Bev, I can't believe it. Uh, It's your 100th episode of Jazzed About Work. It seems like yesterday that you and I were talking about launching this concept. But a uh, hundred shows, uh, congratulations! Well, thank you, Tom. It's it has been so much fun, and for me, it's been so interesting because every one of those guests has, you know, sent me on a learning path. I it has been one of the best things I've ever done, and thank you so much for the opportunity to work for WOUB again after many, many, many years. years. That's right. Uh, and uh, to to be my partner in this adventure, I feel like um, the learning that Jazzed About Work brought me really helped me work with clients in this rather challenging year and and uh, put me on a, a learning path that was just tremendously helpful throughout 2020. You know, it's interesting when we started this, uh, we talked, you and I talked about are we going to focus on one thing? Are we going to focus about young people entering the, the their careers? Are we going to talk about mid-careers? Are we going to talk about people towards the end of their careers? Are we going to talk about second and third careers? You know, what's resulted is we've talked about all those things. Yes. And, and I think one of the things that um, – I understand better now. I when we were talking, I was thinking of demographics, and when I'm working with clients, I t- they tend to come in bunches, like they're senior government lawyers or they're young entrepreneurs. Um, and what really came home this last year is that the the real themes are some of the basics of building a rewarding career. And those cut across all those demographic lines. And um, there are more similarities at every career phase than uh, most of us realize, I think. One of the things that uh, has happened during the pandemic and our forced isolation um, is that I find myself thinking deeper thoughts. Now that that sounds pompous and I don't want it to be, but but I, I I'm not sure exactly how to put this. I, I look at things and I inspect things and I mold them over and I dissect things and I look at their origins and I look where they're gonna go. It's just I think more deeply 
since the pandemic. Uh, have, have you found that across the board? Yes, I, I think we're all going through a sort of a life and death awareness. We we are forced to kind of think about issues of mortality in a time like this. Uh, and we also uh, have the time alone with our own heads in a way we haven't had before. But also, you have been in a phase, which is a, a classic phase for rethinking and uh, thinking about what matters and focusing your attention. You know, in February of 2020, we had our first talk together about your future, your career future. Right. And at the time, uh, in your, what is this, fifth career? Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, you've been the director of WOUB and done a no- number of other things related to Ohio University's media program. And you were thinking of retiring from the university and coming back in a um, a con- contract kind of way and broadening your portfolio. And you you were just starting to explore something that wouldn't be retirement. It would be more like um, creating a portfolio of, of projects, paid and unpaid. And um, I just wonder, since uh, we, we ended up doing a couple of episodes on your, on your path, if you'd maybe bring our listeners up to date, how did you reinvent your career in 2020? Uh, with difficulty. So <laughs> it wasn't easy. Um, let me tell you, going into retirement, official retirement, and I'm putting that in air quotes, uh, uh, during the pandemic was uniquely bleak in the sense that there was no sense of closure. And I think I've said before, I'm not a big you know, retirement party guy. That's not what I'm talking about. But there wasn't a sense of closure of place and space and, and face-to-face relationships. It just abruptly ended. And my retirement you know, came about during the, 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 the middle of, uh, of that uh, forced uh, – isolation. So that was difficult. That initial feeling of isolation and being alone and now what what was really overwhelming. And and you you helped me uh with that and, and I think we shared some of that with, with our listeners. Uh in that uh I had to start looking forward and not looking backward, uh, and that really helped me. the The whole idea of looking forward now, what am I going to do? And and um, I took a breath, and I didn't do that right away, but I I then reached out to to my colleagues, uh, my co producer uh, Adam Rich, and and my wife and and other people that I trust their judgment and sort of said, what are we going to do now? Um, maybe this is a time where we can have a clean slate and look at more creative things to do. And that really 
was a major factor. Uh, Adam made a, a few suggestions. Maybe we shouldn't do the same old, same old. Maybe we can uh, change it up a little bit. Um, we ended up as a first step in that doing a 13 part series on, on race and racism with one of our mutual friends, judge Gail William Byers. And, and, um, so, so it was getting out of those doldrums and then looking forward, uh, that was the initial step, but it was also seeking advice, I think. From from people that I trust and people like you and my wife and and Adam and others that that uh, I I knew those people would guide me in the right direction or at least help me get there. I thought that was really important. Yeah, I I think um, it was terrifically important. I, as you were talking, I was um, I was making some notes of about what I think. Um, you did effectively in your career this past year that I think represent themes that we've talked about here on Jazzed About Work. But what I'm thinking maybe are the most important things that together uh, we learned as we were looking at our different paths. Um, can I maybe go through? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Please. Tell me if I'm, if I'm right on with you. Okay. Uh, so one of the one of the things is that when things seem bleak or you're tired or you just want to curl up, the most important thing is to not do nothing. It is to do something, even if you don't know if it's the right thing, even if it's not a big thing, even if it seems silly. The most important thing is to get moving because motivation uh, tends to follow action. It's not that um, you feel motivated and then you can do something. You really have to, to, to do something. Uh, um, and and you, um, you're you a reflective person. You spent more times in reflection. But I think from, well, as far as I can tell, except for that, I think you took some time on a beach over the summer. Yeah, right, right. And, except for that, you were exploring. You were doing something. And when I'm working with clients who um, say they don't know what to do, what I always say, uh, or I often say, is that if you don't know what to do, learn something new or try something new. Learning kind of jumpstarts your brain, jumpstarts your energy, and you, I know, have been enthusiastic about looking at different aspects of the world and different aspects of um, podcast production and all kinds of things. So do something, and that might mean learning something new. That's that's the first one. Um, another thing that several of our guests are mentioned have mentioned, and absolutely seems to be vital in times that have been as crazy and upsetting as um, the last year or so, is that you got to take control of your focus. That is, you've got to choose how to focus your intention. And when I say you, I mean uh, the conscious you. What tends to happen sometimes is our focus is overtaken by that nasty little voice in our head that says, oh, this will never work, or you know, something else negative. So what you need to do is 
take your attention and focus it on something that you can control. There's so many things we can't do about in our careers and in the world. But I think um, what I've seen you do is figure out, all right, these are the resources. These are the things I can do. Um, And you've really focused in on some of the opportunities and not allowed yourself to be overwhelmed by kind of the the loss that always comes with retirement or the loneliness of uh, isolating and so forth. You've you've focused on what you can do. And... um, just as uh, learning something new might be a small step, kind of practicing your focus, trying um, to kind of shift back to something you can control. It's, it's one of the many things that you can start doing in little steps and, you know, just kind of practice learning how to do it. And and the, the final of the themes that I, I think are so important that I've watched you do, you just described. And that is that we are social beings. It's very difficult to effectively chart our courses in um, isolation. And you have um, touched base with people. You've stayed connected with people, even though a lot of it's been virtual. So I think, um, to me, it looks like um, there's been a lot of success in your transition the last year. And those four themes may have helped. What do you think? Well, I, I think they definitely helped. Uh, one of the initial things is, is, as I said, not to look back, but to look forward, and not to and to look forward that you have a clean slate that you you now perhaps can do the things that you want to do. And I don't think this is only in retirement. I think it's during this whole period of time we have more time to perhaps do things that we want to do. But you know, when, when you're on the job, whatever job you're on, uh, you have uh, management responsibilities, you have uh, you know, forms to fill out, you have procedures to follow, you have all of that administrative clutter that takes up your time. And we always complain, I've always complained anyway, that that is really binds up my creativity. It doesn't allow my creativity to flow because I'm too busy worrying about somebody's sick leave or somebody's vacation time or, or whatever. Now that I don't have that, one of the things I said to myself after all the consultation that we we talked about is that it's time now to move forward, but I don't necessarily have to know exactly how I'm going to move forward. I just need to continue to be creative. That was the bottom line with me. I needed to be creative. I now have the space and the room and the time to allow that to to happen. So that was a great realization, and it was a a great sense of of freedom. Now, when I say I I don't know, there's no one way to be creative. You know, I started drawing. I started drawing uh, 
uh, cartoons, but I also started doing other drawings, and I tr started learning different styles. I went back to the 30s and the 40s and tried to learn that style of drawing of cartoons, which is different than the 50s and 60s, which is different than today. I, I've taken time, and I've gone back and done film noir characters. I've gone back and done... Uh, uh, Dickens characters of the Dickens-esque times. It, it, just as an example, you know, I'm not a great drawer. I never will be a great drawer. It's a way for me, however, to be creative and to learn something new. And it's it's self-satisfied at, at the end. I can look at something, say, I had control over this. I chose to make that line this way. I chose that color. This is something I could control in an uncontrollable world. That, you know, I did the same thing with piano. I I'd learned piano as a, as a youngster. I'd given it up. I, I went back and started. I restarted over again. I started, I moved up through uh, the various books and the various levels and and now I'm learning, you know, jazz and some some th concepts about jazz. And so that's a whole new learning process. Now, at the same time, that has sparked me to become more creative in my storytelling, which is really the heart of what I want to do, whether it's through a podcast or something else. Those other forms of creativity have allowed me to become more creative in what I really want to focus on. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. I agree that if you're creative in one field, it like loosens you up and you're creative in another. But I want to emphasize this a little bit because um, you know, when I'm working with clients and I suggest, well, you know, why don't you start the piano again when things are really bogged down in their career? It feels like you're doing something frivolous. The tendency for a lot of people when their work is going badly, when things aren't good on the job, is that they, what they must do is not lift their heads. They just have to keep working at the same ineffective old strategy. And what you're saying is, I think so true that being creative in any sphere will spark creativity in other spheres, spheres maybe you didn't even know that you had. But do you have any idea on how that happens for you? I mean, how can we be convincing to people who might be out there and uh, kind of stuck in a rut and feeling kind of bleak? How How is it that that works? I, I think it's it, it's trying something new. Now, for me, I, you're the expert, but for me, it's trying something new 
and accomplishing it, having a a small success, and 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 I'd look at that success and I'd say, "Well, that's not bad. Uh, you know, I can I can play that or I can draw that. Maybe I could, should try drawing this, or maybe I should try doing that." And, and so it just sort of little successes in my creative journey have allowed me to think more broadly uh, about the whole prospe- prospect of creativity. And that, that takes us back to learning. When you're exploring a creative uh, field, you keep learning new things. And what I have read is that your brain processes a little bit of learning, like a small victory. It, you get the same kind of charge. Of, yeah, it's sort of a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I won. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> That's exactly how your body feels. That when you feel a success, um, you're you're more upbeat. And, and when you're upbeat, you're motivated to do something else. So you, you start an upward spiral spiral when you're learning something new or you're creating something new um, because your your body is your body chemistry puts you in a much more positive and creative uh, state I, I, I think it's like that let, let me add something and get your feedback on on this um, you know we've been talking about doing other creative things my main focus is to do different kinds of audio storytelling that's really where i want to end up and experimenting with different ways and topics that are very difficult sometimes to me and and it, you know but but to address these in a meaningful way i think i can make a difference by telling stories to pe- that resonate with people. That's the that's the end the end goal. Mm-hmm. But but that was frightening to me. And a big yeah, uh, I I guess I could use a, a writer's analogy. I was having writer's block. You know, I I had all these things, but I just couldn't start them because I didn't feel confident doing all of these other creative things have now built my confidence level to yes. where I can start doing what really is going to be meaningful. I'm not sure I could have started if I hadn't done all these other things. Yeah, and that's back to the idea that you have to do something. Um, something that are, If something involves learning or something involves action, the action, the learning, they're going to spark that sense of success. The success is going to create your sense of confidence and your desire. It'll feel so good. Your desire to do more will, will start to rise. It's, it's, that's, that's how it works. So I think the, the bottom line is when we get discouraged about our day job or, or what we're doing in, a, in one lane, we um, we've looked for some small successes elsewhere, and they can be small, but they can really help us keep moving. And so now, when so many people are um, out of work, or they're not um, enjoying what they're doing, or they're feeling stuck, or afraid, or whatever, there's a lot of that going around. Trying some things that are creative, trying some things that are a little different, trying some things you've always wanted to do, 
it feels like a really productive thing, even if on the face of it, it doesn't have anything to do with your career. It's it's a great way to jumpstart an upward spiral. I'm also finding, um, and get your feedback on this, I'm also finding stages. I, I'll be really creative, and then I'll hit a plateau. And I've got a couple of days or a few days of doldrums, especially in this time of so much negativity in the news and everything. I'll, I'll get paralyzed for a couple of days. And then I look for something to give me a jump start again. Well, we just yesterday uh, just uh, completed the exterior of a new office that I'm going to have separate from our house. Uh, it's a, a combination of a shed and a she shed and an office. So we're calling it a shoffice. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it has sparked me again because it's going to be my creative space. I'm going to have my recording uh, devices in there. Uh, Adam's going to work with me to to make sure that it's the sound is good. <clears throat> I'm going to have my drawing stuff in there. I'm going to have computers in there. Eventually, I'll have a keyboard uh, in, in there. Uh, so it's going to be a new creative space. Well, that's given me a whole new excitement. Not everybody has to build their own thing, but my, I'm using that as a point that when you hit doldrums, you have to look at something else to move you to the next step. That's right. You you have to you have to do something. You have to do something, even if it um, seems sort of um, out there. It, it'll it'll get you moving. And um, you used a a word in there that I think we've all been. Um, dealing with negativity. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. For people like you and me who sort of grew up around the news and are sort of hooked on it, in the middle uh, of news and politics all my life. Yeah, yeah. So this has been exhausting, and I, all the people I know and all my clients, I, I think um, it's just been. Even if life is pretty good at home in the midst of COVID, and you're feeling pretty comfortable about your situation if you're following what's going on around us it's it's really really tiring and uh, the and everybody knows people who are grieving and we're all concerned about um, um, the bigger picture so 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 that's exhausting but even in the midst of um, these very difficult times we have the opportunity every day, every minute, to choose positivity in in the midst. There's always there are always things to be grateful for, and there's always the possibility of hope. And when you talked about focusing on the future, looking to the future is something that you do with hope. You realize that there have been better times in the past and there will be better times in the future, and that helps. So I think, um, again, this is an area where there's been lots and lots of research that uh, aligns with ancient philosophers that you can choose to manage that voice in your head. You can choose to uh, behave uh, in a way which is positive. You can choose to build positivity by connecting with other people. 
you can choose to be more optimistic. And as a born pessimist who's overcome a lot of that worry, <laughs> I um, absolutely um, know. And, and and that is that that positivity is a choice. We can keep making it. It for me at least is always going to be. It's always going to require some work. It's like every single day of 2020, I've had to shake myself up and um, kind of. Uh, refocus uh, my attitude, but it positivity tends to be very self-reinforcing. And uh, there's so many things you can do, including focusing on um, the people who matter to you, reaching out to them and uh, being grateful for the good things and being hopeful about the future. So that I feel like we're sort of preaching today, but I, I really want to take, I wanted to take this time for us to look at um, how we've made it through um, the last year or so and how some of the themes that we've been working on in the Jazzed About Work um, episodes have actually been pretty helpful. They they really have. And, and one of the things that... Uh, you know, uh, I'm a news junkie as as you are, and and um, I feel out of control uh, with national events or political events or the chaos that we seem to be living in, both medically as as well as politically. So when I feel that out of control, I get depressed. I get angry. I get uh, maudlin, I get, you know, all of those things. And I have to give myself some time. I have to say, okay, it's okay to feel that way today. You know, it, it's maybe not okay to feel that way for a week, or maybe it is depending on your circumstance. But, but I have to give myself the, the chance to feel those negative feelings so that I can then purge them to get on to to the positive uh, feelings. And, and yeah. the positive feelings come with accomplishing something over which I do have control. I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you mentioned that you have to take some time with the, posit- with the sadness before you leap to um, positivity. Being, choosing a positive attitude is not the same thing as denying what you're feeling. There are reasons to feel grief. There are reasons to feel sad. There's reasons to kind of miss something in the past. But the trick seems to be allowing yourself to feel those things, kind of noticing, and then make a choice to move on. You just kind of notice the sadness. Say, and some days, um, gosh, I never thought in my life I would watch the Hallmark Channel, but there have been <laughs> many twenties. Uh, uh, there have been days I just wanted to, you know, curl up under a soft blankie and and watch a nice romance <laughs> in a in a town where everybody is well dressed and you know nobody is going to have an unhappy ending. There are times you're going to want to um, just. Uh, sit with your sadness and kind of rest up and restore. The that's different than letting it take over, and and realizing that um, 
you have a choice. You can allow yourself to feel and you can move on. Um, and, and you can um, always acknowledge the legitimacy of what you feel, but you can choose how you're going to uh, manage yourself in the next minute. You know, I, I have never wanted to be, and I never will be, that old man who only talks about what happened 20 years ago or mm-hmm. 30 years ago. And I think that emphasizes your point. I'm interested in what's going to happen tomorrow and five years from now and 10 years from now. And one of the things that fascinates me, and I think it'll be right at the heart of what you will be talking about on Jazzed About Work in the next year or more, will be what is going to be the new normal after COVID. What are we not going to go back to? How has this changed our concept of work? How has it changed our concept of communication? How has it changed our concept of productivity? I I think that nothing will be as it was in 2019. Things will move forward, uh, at least in the workspace. And that's got to be exciting for you, and I hope exciting for our audience. I I think so. And I'm actually um, kind of optimistic that lots of interesting things are going to come out of it. There'll be new kinds of jobs. There'll be new ways to approach work. Now, one of the things that I did uh, in uh, 2020 was I had already started writing a book, um, the publisher renamed it. It's going to be called Find Your Happy at Work, but it's a book about how to find um, uh, meaning and joy in your work, even if you don't like your day job right now. So I, I started the year really thinking about what is work and what's the difference between work and play and why do people who are retired from their pay jobs still do some of their most creative work um, at a different phase of their life. So the first um, few months of the year, I spent um, writing the book, and it drove me mad because I knew that <laughs> the world would be entirely different. The world of work would be entirely different after a pandemic, um, but you know I couldn't predict it. So the book, uh, you know, I finished mid-year, but I don't know. The publisher thought it wasn't a time people wanted to talk about being happy at work. So it's been delayed. The publishing has been delayed till this summer. So meanwhile, not only have I been thinking about the the future of work, but I've been thinking, oh, gosh, did I miss anything? (laughs) I I think uh, it's going to take a while. I think by the time the book comes out, the world will not change. But the the things that the themes that that I was playing with are going to be part of how we define the future. I, I think a lot of people are going to try to re-think uh, about what is work. Why is it that work um, can feel like play, and why is it something that's play, like golf or tennis or riding a horse or whatever it is you'd like to do? Why is it we're willing to work so hard at play, um, but we sometimes find it hard to work hard at work? Anyway. There, there are a lot of themes like that, and we're so um, privileged now, Tom, that we've we've got this platform because we've reached the point where we have lots of opportunities for wonderful guests, and um, 
we've already lined up some folks who are kind of on the leading edge about thinking about the future of work and how remote work is going to work and how we're going to make um, this a more uh, rewarding workplace workplace for lots of people. So I, um, I'm not quite over um, the, uh, I don't know, the battering of 2020 and the early start of 2021, but I'm feeling very positive about uh, the interesting things we're going to be able to talk about um, just about work for our next 100 episodes. Well, let me just say, celebration's over. <clears throat> we did 100 episodes. Celebration's done. Yes. Now, we've got work to do. Let's move forward. Let's make this relevant for the next several years together. It's a deal. Bev, thank you so much for all you've done. And we can't wait to unlock that future. Today, our usual host, Beverly Jones, and I celebrate the 100th episode of Jazzed About Work by talking about some positive ways of navigating career transitions during troubled times. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your guest host, Tom Hodson. Today's career tip is that when you are feeling bogged down by career transitions during the COVID isolation, choose positivity and stay connected to people who matter to you. Relationships truly matter. Thank you.